Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. So excited to be here. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you listening, watching, however you view this information. I'm so excited uh, that you're here and so grateful. So I want to talk today really about how your attachment style impacts your spiritual life. I'd mentioned this a few podcasts back and I really want to dig deep into this experience because I think that so many of us don't fully understand or appreciate this experience in our lives and how it impacts our understanding and our life. So I am taking this information from two sources, one being uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson's work. That is Anatomy of the Soul and Anatomy of Shame. I also was able um, to see him speak at the IF gathering this year, um, 2021 online. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't see him speak. I heard him speak, watched him, um, and also was so taken by, I'm just in awe of his work. Secondly, um, it also comes from Dr. Andrew Newberg's work, um, one of which being How God Changes the Brain. Um, He doesn't go deep, but we see um, functional MRIs of our spiritual life and our spiritual practice. So those are two really great resources when we are diving deep into this conversation. So let's get started, shall we? We know that the neuroscience is clear on this. The concept of a single functioning neuron, I love that I'm just starting, right? Like who doesn't want to talk about neurons um, or brains doesn't just exist one in nature. Without input from other neurons, a single neuron will perish, will die. So I want you to understand that attachment is wired into our brain. So that's point number one, is that attachment is deeply wired into our brains. And so why does it matter? And then we're also going to get into how can you um, start rewiring um, your understanding of your attachment style. So we know that each child is born with, I think, a a temperament. I believe it's it's a combo of like, we've got nature versus nurture. So we've got that temperament, that the genetics um, to which a parent reacts. There's our nurture and this, and our society. And, but this parental reaction and this, this, this one, we look at that one primary caregiver um, typically, but it can be two caregivers, caregivers. Um, and we know that this attachment, this develops, this relationship really develops the child's attachment parent, uh, attachment style with their parents. And it's also why siblings are, are not alike, even when they grow up in the same home. I see this in my own parenting. I see this in the differences between my sister and I, in that um, we had 
remarkably different temperaments. My children have remarkably yet the same temperaments. We interact with them differently. We're also older and over it by the time Theo rolls around, right? Not over it, but you know what I mean, we're older. Um, so it's really fascinating. And of course, you guys know that this will be deep into um, theory. I'm trying not to go deep, but I study developmental theory. So of course I wanna talk about John Bowlby, right? Um, in the 1960s and 70s, um, he, really was instrumental in uh, developing attachment theory. And he even wrote a book, Attachment, right? So, so it was, I believe, one of the first groundbreaking um, explorations into this and really understanding that early, close emotional ties um, matter to us. They matter when the bonds are broken in infancy and toddlerhood. And we, the, the great news is that we can change that. When I was in school at 20 years ago, um, it was, we didn't have this beautiful concept of neuroplasticity that we do now or, or a deep understanding of it or the, we didn't, really get to see the functional MRIs when I was in school. And so we didn't fully understand this. But um, we had Ainsworth, um, who did the stranger situation experience experiments. And we looked, are, are they secure attachment, avoidant attachment, ambivalent attachments, or disorganized? And so um, we got to see it in action. But I. I I don't want to spend my time there, uh, but I want you, if you want more information on that, to contact me because I would talk to you just over coffee, right? Um, but we know our earliest connections to our primary caregivers or caregiver impact everything. Our relationships with others, our relationship with ourselves, do we feel worthy? It, it, in, it is in, instrumental in shaping our limiting beliefs and automatic negative thoughts, right? But it also has an impact on how we see God, how we know God, and how we are known by God. So when you think about it, our attachment styles patterns are translated through our neural networks and and they impact everything it's a primary force in shaping our relationships whatever our dominant patterns tend to be we will relate to relate with and assume things um particularly since we're focused on spiritual life i'll just get into how we see the divine through these neuro patterns, neural networks, right? And also just a quick reminder, if you believe, um, go back to the disclaimer, like you can call God, the divine, uh, a higher power source, anything, whatever you want to believe. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to please that. But I know that some divine creator created our brains and doesn't bypass them when we are invited into a personal encounter with the divine. 
And so the way we approach and react to God's story or the creation story or our understanding as it is told to us or our understanding of it, even in the Bible, our stories and our brains and all those neural network and networks and patterns have created memories and emotions and attachments to the degree to which we are aware of it, right? And our mind becomes more or less integrated. We, and thanks Dr. Daniel Siegel, I should have mentioned him because everything I do is informed by him. Um, we hear through a particular set of headphones, right? But that spiritual system, our auditory system, is it loud? Is it soft? What is it saying? Is influenced by our attachments. And so we know that based on what attachment style we have and what thoughts we have created as a result of our attachment style. See, this is where the tear process always fits in from cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, we know that our thoughts determine and our emotional experiences, so thoughts create our emotions, and ignoring our emotions, I believe, is the equivalent, no, of ignoring God. It is ignoring God. What if we could start to believe that God is trying to capture our attention through our thoughts and our emotions that we have, that we've picked up along the way? God is speaking to us, maybe, through signposts. I want to believe this. I believe this. You can choose what to believe in our neural networks, in our brain activity. And we have to pay attention. What are you paying attention to? To hear God's message, to hear God's voice, to hear the divine working in our lives. And here's the deal. Depending on whether we have a, a secure or anxious or, in, right? It doesn't matter our attachment style. We have at times created coping strategies to deal with our, quote, bad emotions or any emotion, depending. Um, I even see clients that are flat because they've had to turn everything off. And so we ignore our emotions. We aren't seen we do not allow our experience of our emotions. We don't take them to the light of day. We don't go to our creator um, and see them. And we aren't taught to focus on like our emotional experience, our physical sensation as a tool to know and to be known by God. So what if by honoring our emotions, we honor God? And I also want to introduce this concept of emotional-spiritual intimacy, knowing that we can be present to the divine in our bodies and paying attention to that 
emotional experiencing is our path to goodness and pleasure and wholeness and worthiness and holiness. What if that's, that's true? And so in my coaching practice, I, I often talk about an integrated mind. As my bestie Dan Siegel says, that there is a river of health, right, of mental health. And on one bank is rigidity and the other bank is chaos. And how do we find that in an integrated spiritual mind, a spiritual experience? We know that an undefined, undivided heart is that integrated mind. That integrated mind is God's presence, is God's way. And fear in the context of, of, of rigidity and chaos, I want to distinguish. It is not our primitive brain's fear, um, but it is fear of God, fear in the all of the presence of God. Like it's that <gasps> of the creator's power and beauty and grace. Um, it's Psalms 86, maybe 11 or 12, you pick. Uh, I can't remember, I'll have to look it up and then put it in um, the notes. It is like, teach me your ways that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And that is not, that is not the fear of our primitive brain. It is that awe. That's what I think. And so Dr. Thompson, countless others um, believe that we can create, and me, right? We can create an earned secure attachment by being known, by being known by a spouse, by being known by a therapist, a coach, a minister, a, a spiritual director, by God. What if that's the ticket by being known by God and then it ripples out into other areas by allowing the divine story, the divine presence to intersect with our being. God is moving us from the deep places of insecurity to security if we allow it. And Paul Oh, sweet Paul, um, talks about this. Like if we are in Christ or if we are in, 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 in integrated mind, the new creation has come, right? The old has gone, the new is here. Sweet hallelujah. We are renewing our minds in this integration and being creating these attachments these new attachments um and so when we see through evidence of an earned secure attachment with the divine we are pointed towards the deep realities that we are made new that we are we are divine ourselves and so I wonder what this would look like in your life. 
if you could move away from this idea that you are not worthy, that you don't have what it takes, that you don't know enough about God, you're moving away from that left brain experiencing and inviting in the process of creating a secure attachment to your spiritual source that will completely rewrite those neural networks. We can see this in the functional MRIs. And in this work, you were made new. Because when you change your attachment style to one, you change it to all. And so we do this by your, okay, great. This is, this is a lot of information. Thank you. But what do I do? Like, how do I change my attachment style? Well, you decide and bring that intention, bring that decision, bring that commitment to the light and say, this, this is, this is what I am looking for that I am, I am in belief, that I believe, that I stay committed to the experience and the knowledge of an integrated mind, a renewed mind, a mind that has completely taken all the limiting beliefs and automatic negative thoughts brought them forward to say this this is how these are making me feel meet me here you do that every morning with a thought download you do that in prayer in silent meditation whatever that looks like for you and you say here it is meet me here this is where you're calling me and you do the work necessary to be known. Don't hide. But you have to get it all out. There are deep recesses of our, our, our brains and that's okay. You aren't gonna uncover it all at once. It's like the peeling of an onion. You go bit by bit. I wish there was another metaphor for that because the peeling of an onion makes you cry. Maybe that's the perfect metaphor, right? So you start by saying, this is what I've been trying to hide. Because I, I am fascinated by this um, approach because I've done it in the past, where I treat God as a genie in a bottle that, that does my work for me. I see this in manifestation and this idea that, and of course, God works for our good or the creator or the universe works for our good. But what if, what if it's bigger than that? It's for um, the collective attachment. Um, so just a few things to think about. I, this podcast is really to make you think about what opportunities exist for you to learn a new way of being with the divine, with Jesus, with God, and inviting in that experience so that you may see and know 
and release all the old ways of being that don't serve you. You have new clothes on, right? Take off the old, put on the new. You are made new. But I think we are afraid of getting naked, right? Like taking off our clothes. Because underneath, there are scars and cellulite and stretch marks and hurt and pain and places where people have hurt you. And in those moments, you might not have been seen, felt seen. You were always seen and always known. But I know my own experience with trauma disconnected that connection, that tenuous connection. So the work is saying, here it is. I want you to know all of me not just the good parts I want you to see. That's how we learn, most of, most of us learned how to get love, is by saying, this is all I can show you right now. This is the only part that I've decided that is acceptable for you to love. And then those people come into our lives and they love all of us, God, loves all of us. Some of us find significant others that love all of us and give us, show us the model for living in courage and loving so hard that we have the opportunity to say, wait a minute, I can change my attachment style. That's an invitation for you. It can be your significant other, it can be a friend, it can be a therapist, a coach, it can be someone who has the time to look at you and to say you are known and to point you back to the divine who is calling to you, calling for you and will never give up the hope and trust that you want to be known to. Okay, sweet friends. Ah! Uh, I love this work. I love it. I wish I could talk. Uh, I just would want to talk all day, every day. So sweet friends, questions, send me an email. Thoughts, send me an email. Like, oh my gosh, send me an email. Hello at jessicastong.com. You guys, I hope you have a great and courageous week. Please know, sweet friends, that I am thinking of you. I am uh, lighting a candle for you always. Okay, have a great and quick, courageous week. See ya. Bye. 
And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.